Hello and welcome to the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland, aka Vertvic. And I'm Sean Holly, aka Sean Holly. Sean Holly, hello. Yes, that yeah. is your pseudonym, just your name again. Yes. Right, before we get going, it is, or it's just been, Halloween. It was Halloween yesterday night. And after about 10 years of doing this podcast, we have again missed the chance to do a spooky game for Halloween like all the other podcasts do. God damn it, we will never manage that. Literally, we will never manage that. Well, we're going against the grain, aren't we? We're sort of... There's not that many spooky games, is there, that are any good? You've got Ghosts and Goblins, which is hard. Ghouls and Ghosts we've covered before. You've got Monster Bash, which is quite fun. What else is there? There's, there's loads, really. Is there? Halloween games, yeah. Oh, there's a quiz for you. Name some more. There's Cheeky Halloween Boots. Have you played that? No, never heard of it. You've made it up. What about Splatterhouse? Death Smiles and the House of the Dead games. Is it is it from Nomco? Yeah, it is Nom Nom. You, you, you like Halloween boots with spikes on, and you get people. there are there are a few games, and there's some good hacks. One I've just remembered is: Have you ever played the the graphical hack of Donkey Kong, the spooky one, the Halloween one? No. It was released a few years ago. We we did talk about it a few years ago. I've got a flyer of it, which Alex kindly gave me. No, not a flyer, a marquee. Halloween edition. It's really cool. So Pauline at the top, or the lady, is actually a witch. And there's different... I think they they throw like green barrels at you and stuff. It's really good. It's a good little graphical change to it. It's a good little game. Oh, I have seen it. It's really smart. You can get a ROM of it and play it on, on emulators. It's really good. So you've got some addenda and errata. Go on, fess up. Sean's made a mistake again. I got Sol and Sal mixed up on last month's Alligator Hunt High Score contest. Apologies Uh to both of them. Sal got a score. Sol didn't bother turning up. Oh, good God, Sol is too busy doing his his thing, which is the pixel hunt. Yes, hunting pixels. Still haven't found any yet. Check Sol's Twitch, which is called Solder Bowl. What's he doing? Twitching? Got his normal normal humour on it. He does like he's doing a uh, he was doing a walkthrough of every Zelda game. Do you right know what he is? Origi- right daft from the original ass. He's game a daft boy, ass. Right up to the PlayStation Twelve or whatever it is. Some of that. Station play, whatever it's called. No, yeah. it won't be on PlayStation, will it? Are you sure he's not twerking? He's twitching, not twerking. Is it like look at this kids? You never you never know, so man of many that's, talents, that lad. That's me twitching. Oh I, there you go. But not twerking, thankfully. No. Good. Uh, news for eight months' time. Go on. When we hit podcast 200, I'm stopping. That's me done. No, you're not. Yeah, I am. Uh, everyone, Sean is in denial. He will slowly get used to it. So the next eight podcasts we're going to do, spot on goodens, gold. Podcasting gold we're going to do. Yeah. And then I'm out of here. We no, will discuss not. behind the scenes what happens to the 10 Pence Arco podcast in the meantime. But I will not be doing it anymore. But I've just I've just bought you a, a nice new T-shirt. That that t shirts going to last me for another two hundred episodes, is it? Yeah, that was sixteen quid. That was <laughs> Plus delivery, super heavy, soft, tough thingy cotton thing. Super heavy, tough cotton. That's going Ooh. in the show notes. I've just remembered something. Uh oh. Have you left the gas on? Ed <laughs> Ed Horse ordered a ten p T-shirt from us. Right? Yeah, and you hadn't made it yet. And so, so I, I ordered it. And, and I said it to it's, me. I, I said it's expensive because it's going to Ireland. Yeah. 
So I sent it straight from Street Shirts. Yes. And it got hit hit from Customs as well. <gasps> the buggers. So a ten, so a, a flat T-shirt got a ten euro charge. You're to joking get me? No. Oh, that is awful. Sorry about that, Ed Horse, but my colleague here is an idiot. I should have sent <laughs> your sent fault. Had it delivered to myself and then sent it on as a as a package. Oh, as a gift. Yeah, not for a company or something. That's that's what I think. That's what I oh, think. Oh, that's a pain in the backside, isn't it? Yeah. So the it was ten quid postage anyway to Ireland. Oh my God! Really? Yeah. To, Damn, to things like are expensive. Dublin and plus another ten quid, ten euros. That plus is not on. Not to send no. them somewhere else. Send them some biscuits or something. Yeah. Any road. Next yeah, podcast, Sean. Gold. Absolute gold. Yeah. Going out on a high. And 201, you'll be thinking, why did I say that? Back no, about absolutely not. It's gone. It's gone. I'm going to um, clone you. <laughs> Someone needs to in a shed somewhere. Any road, let's get on with it. What have we been up to? At the start of the month, before, just after we recorded the last podcast, Play Expo Blackpool was going on. Yes. So just after we recorded the last podcast was Play Expo Blackpool, and I attended. Um, yes. And you attended. Yeah. We were both there. Together. Yes. yes. Togetherness. Um, it was a bit of a pain in the backside because the night before I was going to leave, I was going to go on the train, you see, rather than driving down. I didn't want to bother driving down. I was going to train down and then just train back in the evening, just do the one day. Um, the night before I was going to go down, wife went on Twitter and found out the trains weren't running. They didn't actually send me an email or anything saying your train tomorrow has been cancelled. So I had to drive down in early in the morning, get to you for like 20 past 10, which just after starting time, and then drive back in the evening. But it was absolutely fine. There was The weather here was fine. I think it was north of Glasgow was pretty bad, up to Aberdeen, and, and that was really bad. You know, homes getting flooded, train stations getting flooded, awful. But from here down, was absolutely fine. In fact, when I got to like Carlisle, it was clear. No rain at all. And it was quite nice in Blackpool, wasn't it? The day was fine. So that was good. So Blackpool was the same kind of thing as last year in the same place, Norbrook Castle Hotel. And it was, I think, it seemed to me like the arcade cabs were set up almost the same way as last time. It seemed like we'd just gone away, they'd covered everything over for a year and come back and just started it again. It was exactly the same. Yeah, and there was quite a lot of the same vendors as well. Very similar games. Mm. I think there was a couple of new ones, I think. Yeah. It's nice to get a different mix, isn't it? But I think a lot of them are obviously arcade favourites. You've got your Outruns, your Pac-Mans, your Galaxians, all that sort of thing, Street Fighters. And, you know, the ones people go back to again and again and again. Um, because it's an event for the public as well, not just us arcade heads. They have to do that. They have to have, mm. you know, bottom uh, crowd pleasers, bums on seats kind of thing. So I understand that. Um, but there was some, some nice cabs there, and we did play quite a few games as well. So some of the games, which is usually our next section, we played there. We played Elevator Action on a dedicated cabinet, which is a really nice cab. Enjoyed playing that, mm. and I actually got to level four. Yeah, I quite liked it. I, I sort of didn't give it any time when we played it. I, I found it a bit annoying, but it is good when you get used to the little quirks. The thing is, it's ducks, a slow game, isn't it? Yeah, the, and the sort of stuff you can do to get down to the bottom of the level quite quick. Yeah, because I was, I was showing you sort of what I tend to do is is bring the lift down a little bit so the guy gets his, the, you know, one of their opponents gets his gun out, go up, miss it, and as you come down, he doesn't have enough time to get his gun out again, you can shoot him. So it's quite a good way of getting them like that. 
Mm. And it, was, it seems quite a nice game, but it, I played it at home and it just seems very slow. It takes quite a while to do the levels. That's why it takes such a long time to get through it. And it's not a very high scoring game either. And it doesn't mm-hmm. really change that much. I don't think you get any different enemies. They just get a bit faster, a bit more of them. They shoot a bit more. So it's a very similar game. It is quite an old game, so I'm not really surprised. I did have a go with Dig Dug, though. First time I played Dig Dug in ages on a proper cab. Apart from my own one, of course. I don't really play that often. 230,000. Not bad. Nice. I tend to do that, you know. When I haven't played for a game for a while, and I go to an event or someone's house or, you know, whatever, I do really well at it. But if I played it at home non-stop, you know, played it every day, I wouldn't get anywhere near that. But just like, just went on there and did a really good score. Not bad at all. We were playing Stargate as well. It's just as hard as flipping Defender, isn't it? And you put a, a couple of swear words to go in there, maybe, but you did not put them in. I did. Um, on the high score on Stargate, you can put up to 20 characters, so I got a sort of reasonable score in there, and obviously I had to put some swear words in, because I'm a child. I've been <laughs> on this planet five decades, and I'm still putting swear words in an arcade machine. What's wrong with me? <laughs> I also found out that I still hate Make Tracks. I've never liked it. I keep going back to play it, and I hate it. It's such a horrible game. It's unfair. Yeah, it's such hard work, isn't it? It's just painful to play. It's like really tinny noise. It's annoying. It's quite difficult. Never liked it. Well, today was a world champion at it for a while. Yeah, I don't know how he puts up with it. At home... I have my BZ FPGA, which is the Berserk and Frenzy FPGA board in one of my ponies, in the Horizontal Pony. I've been playing that a lot. I love that game. And I've made a decision. The Isis cab I'm looking at at the moment, the little one I've got that hasn't been um, done up yet, I was going to do a Donkey Kong with it, but I'm going to do it as a Berserk. Because I love playing Berserk. And I play Berserk quite a lot. And I'm determined to fix my Berserk slow... Bullets um, high score. The best I've ever got is 31,000. And I think I got 30,000 the other day on it. So I can probably beat that. So I want to try and do that. I've been playing Mouser a bit as well because I love Mouser still. Still like that game. But I need to put my my fixed Mouser ROMs on one of my cabs because the ones that Porchy fixed for me, where the horrible bat doesn't come out after the first loop, makes the game much, much easier, much more fun to play. I'm going to put that on there as well. I've also been playing Tetris Blast on the Famicom. I was playing the Famicom the other day because I bought some new games for it. And I, I was put my uh, EverDrive game, EverDrive cartridge in, which I've got the original carts on it anyway. But I put Tetris Blast on there. Have you ever played that? No, I, I like the original Tetris, but I, I, I don't bother with any of the others. Ah, you know on me? the Famicom, I don't know what other um, consoles it's released on, there's... The original Tetris on the Famicom is absolutely awful because the buttons are in the wrong place. So yeah. I think it's, it's down to spin the, 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 pa- the shapes. And I think if you press the fire button, they come down really quick. It's, in, it's re- completely wrong from what you would normally have on the NES or the Game Boy version. So that's weird. But Tetris Blast on the Famicom is really good. Uh, and Tetris 2 and Bombless, they're really good games. Really nice little twists on Tetris. Just like little added extras, which are really, really nice on there. It's a really good game to play. Really enjoy that one. I still like the original on the original Game Boy. Which yeah, the Game Boy one is easily the best version. Yeah, followed closely by the NES version. Not mm. the Famicom, the NES version. They are different. Are they? Yeah. What, faster or slower? No, no, the, the buttons are in the wrong place. 
on the, on the Famicom version, it's really weird. If you can remap the buttons, it'd be fine, but it's just it's just a slightly different version of it. I think the one they, they released in the West uh, for the NES is better, to me anyway. It's a nicer game. The arcade mm-hmm. version's good, the, the um, Atari version of it. I like that. I've got the border. That was my very first arcade board I ever bought. What was? Yeah, Tetris. It's a tiny little oh, board, the Atari version, yeah. It's really cool. Because Sega did a Tetris as well. And yeah, obviously there's more modern ones later on. Loads of versions of Tetris. What games have you been playing anyway? Well, then uh, 1943 with Darren, of course, the arcade, and a couple of one-on-one fighters. You know, Why was you playing 1943? It's a horrible game. Yeah, we're playing two-player. Yeah, it's yeah. nasty, isn't it's it? It's marginally better with two-player. Pins! Pins! Pin, pin, oh, pins! Oh, no, don't care about them. Yeah, I've been playing James Bond, Stroke, no. Doctor No. No, no. Man- Mandalorian. Iron Maiden, Legacy of the Beast. Not the normal beast, Legacy of the Beast. Six, and the monsters. six, six, the number yeah, of the beast. Th- these were at Play Expo Blackpool and Arcade Club Blackpool. Do you know what I did at <laughs> Play Expo? What did you do? Right, we got in early because we got we got VIP bands on, mm-hmm. and I was playing the pins. And this and this lad, he was he was taking a bit of glass off, so he obviously worked for Steve Padgett, who was pl- supplying the pins. You know, mm-hmm. big Steve. And he was taking the glass off, and, and Steve said, you, "You can't play yet. We're not open. We're not tested." Well, so that lad there said I could play. He <laughs> said, "No, you can't. You can't. But just finish your game." So I did. And later on, right, I was playing. I think it was a Stern game, and there was four players on it. Yeah. Uh, someone had chipped, tested, you know, hit the uh, start button four times, and there were people queuing up behind me. Right. So I thought, I'll play, I played one player and letting the player two, three, and four, the balls drain down. Yeah. But it was taking so long. So I just le- I le- leaned over and switched the machine off because I know where the, the switches oh. are from working at. I said, hey, what are you doing? He said, what are you doing? You could trip your whole row. I said, well, not, not really, but maybe. Uh, and he said, what? <laughs> You're arguing with someone who knows all about pinballs. Yeah, so that's another, another thing. I'm surprised so he, he went banned. He, he, did, he did tell me how to reset a stern pinball if it's on four player. You press the start button yeah, and the right flipper and it resets. That's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, what if you did that by accident? On, on some of the, you have to hold it down. On some of oh, the Williams right. ones, you just hold the start button just hold it for a few seconds and that resets it oh, i didn't know that i'm surprised it's a good idea to do it isn't it yeah because people do abuse pinballs by doing that sort of thing they just keep pressing the button or keep pressing the flippers and it does wear them out yeah so obviously there's physical bits in it that wear out mm. so you were being a bit of a pest then i'm afraid so i'm right. afraid so naughty uh, sean naughty guess, guess what I, where else i've been where else you been good guess uh France. No. Hawaii. <laughs> Peru. <laughs> Italy. No. Bromley. You could read could read the notes. Oh yeah. Uh, no. blah blah blah. Have you been to Hexham? Yes, Hexham. Belated anniversary in the Hexham area of the northeast, which is kind of in the middle of Carlisle and Newcastle O T. Upon upon team. We went a couple OT, of years. You mean U T. Yeah. Not on top, Newcastle on top. It's Newcastle up on Tyne. Oh, you silly man. Go on. Oh, God. Newcastle over the Tyne. We went a couple of years ago to see the dark skies at Kielder Forest. We didn't see them this time because it was raining. But You we couldn't see the dark for the rain. Just cloud sky, not dark sky. But we went, we, went, 
went a f- few different places. We saw some ancient woodland, cobbled streets, a knackered Roman fort. Knackered Roman forts. That's where you were born, wasn't it? Well, that's a knackered town. Yeah, we were going to. We would try to get to this castle called Ardon, Adon, or something. And it, it was a one-track road, and it was peeing down the rain, and it was getting deeper and deeper. For oh my god, we'd have to turn around. So, but we got to the actual castle, and it was closed due to weather conditions. Of, oh god, why didn't I check the website? Check the website. Massive sign: we are closed today. You monkey! What are you? Due, due to road nearly being flooded. But good job I got a mini SUV. I wouldn't have done it in the Sayat Leon. I would have, probably would have I think you would have done. So turned it round, went back, and we went to muse in Hexham Abbey. They had a museum of the moon, which of the is moon. the moon. There's a massive. I'll have to put a picture on the show. What notes. a massive planet called the moon. There's a huge, like hanging statue thing of the moon, and it's like hundreds of photos stuck together. It must be this wireframe, right? Like pe- you, people can like sit underneath it on bean beanbags and take photos, but it is huge, like twenty foot across. I'll have to put. And then there's talks about it up on the about the moon landings and everything. You're losing me, Sean. You're losing me. G- Museum of the Moon. I'm gone. Hexham Abbey. I've, I've tapped out. What was you talking about? Moon. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's a really, it's a really great. But when you were there, did you moon anyone? I did a couple. I wouldn't be able to resist. The moon? Yeah, I'm definitely pulling my trousers down for that. I did it, did it Halloween last night. Halloween kids coming through the door. Don't moon. do that. Don't no, do that. No, that is bad. I didn't do that. I didn't get any kids come around at last. It's brilliant. I saw yeah, a few out. I saw, I saw Super Mario in the road when I was walking the dog. Mm. Hmm. He's not scary though, is he? We had loads. Yeah. And the last thing I've been up to, which is not good news for me, I've had a, I've had a, like a bad shoulder for months. Just sort of putting up with it. Did you have like any a, good shoulders? Yeah, my left shoulder's all right. The right one's rubbish. Yeah, right. It's not so good. Hmm. But I think it. I think it started when I when I put a spike into the ground in the back garden and it's put one of them rotary washing lines up. Right. And I was hammering this spike down and then moving it and then moving it to try and get it level. Hmm. And I felt it twinge then. So I've been to Krav Maga. It's okay for a while and it hurts. And a couple of weeks ago, some someone got me in this like triangle hold. Google it. Triangle hold landed on it. It wasn't a a rhombus hold. No, or a quadrilateral. (laughs) And I landed on it. God, I screamed in pain. It really, really hurt. And I thought, right, that's enough. Do you know why? Look Mm. at you. Look at the state of you. Look at your age. Why are you doing it? What you should be doing is settling down with a nice mug of cocoa at your age. At my age? At my age? I went for a run with my lad, left him in the dust. And he's 25. You went for a run. Why? Running's yeah. running's unpleasant. Because well, well, you, right, right, okay. This is the only exception you're allowed to run, right? Yes. Running from a bus, running from danger, or running to catch your dinner. Anything <laughs> else is not needed. <laughs> Prove, me Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Can't do crab. Well, I went to see a physiotherapist, mm-hmm. a proper one, and she said, "Yeah, a proper you've one. Dam- you've, a proper one." Because I've looked on YouTube. They're not real. <laughs> Moron. They're not real. They're giving the different advice to this like proper woman said. Proper and woman. she said you've damaged two muscles in your rotator cuff. The rotator cuff's made of four muscles and right. you've damaged two of them. Right. So that, yeah, go on. Right. Yeah. I'm not gonna berate you, don't worry. Yeah. I saw my mother in law a few weeks ago. She came up um 
to have dinner with us and everything. And she fell while she was doing up her new house. She was doing something in the new house. She fell on a floorboard. And she has knackered her rotator cuff. Mm. And I was explaining the pain I'm getting in my right arm at the moment. I've had it for about a month now. Because um, I, when I was doing a job at work, and I had to do a, a machine vice up very, very tight, lots of times up and down to tighten something, to try mm. and get it level. And I've hurt my arm. And I think that's a rotator cuff as well. And you know what fixes a rotator cuff? Rotating. Months and months and months of rest. You have to leave mm. it a long time. It takes ages to fix. So you might be going to crap in the car for a while, mate. Yeah, this is... If I just raise the- my arm up, it really it's really sore. But lifting stuff, not a problem. Lifting heavy weights, moving things around, no problem. It gets to a certain position and it feels like someone's put a vice on my arm. It really hurts. Even just lifting like a kettle, a certain, when it gets to a certain degree, it really hurts. But lifting normal things, not a, not a strength problem. It's just a, a position. When you get in a certain position, it really hurts. So yes, I feel yes. for you, man. I feel mm-hmm. for you. Same with me. There's certain things. That, like, I couldn't move my arm like 90 degrees before. Yeah. Like, like that, kids. I couldn't move my arm like that before. Yeah, I, I, he is moving his arm 91 degrees. <laughs> Says the engineer. Yeah. Ninety-one degrees and seven minutes. <laughs> so it's not. It's, it's all right. It's okay. But I, I tell you what does knack it. What hurts it? And I noticed mm. pinball because you bang in the table, aren't you? You jank in the table. I don't bang or jank tables. That sounds so wrong. So I'm gonna, don't, so, don't put that in the Google search. You'll find all sorts of wrong things going on. Oh yeah, don't do that. Banging and janging tables. Oh no. <laughs> yeah not good so kids yeah not good I'm, I think I'm out of crab for a while but I'll keep my fitness up yeah just just do it light I think Arcade News we have a little bit of news so it's not great news though is it so yeah. Atari who are owned by Infograms now is it French company I don't know they've released Buying a bunch of games everything. and they've they're flogging their dead horse again, and it's Berserk Recharged. And we've got a video here. I'll probably put it in the notes on the link. Um, I'm not a fan. You? No, because it looks a bit like, to me, we talked about it, didn't we? Like Robotron, really. It's like a twin-stick phone game. It looks like a sort of, um, you know, sort of fancy pixel graphics they they needn't do that. Or if they're going to do that, why didn't they do a a pixelated version as well so you can choose your graphics and just have the original Berserk with some extra bits in it. So remember, and, and then our next note we've got on here is Paul Ham again, who's the excellent Pico 8 programmer. He did a version of Berserk and he added little bits to it. Like there was, a, I think, a speed up and there was a an eight-way shoot and I think there was a smart bomb and some of the little bits and bobs. Really yeah. clever. It would have made an excellent Berserk 2 on an arcade cab. Why mm. didn't Atari do that rather than just do like, it looks like a, um, like almost like a phone game, I suppose. One you could just move with your finger or whatever. It's just not very good. Why, mm-hmm. why, you know, Berserk, the charm of Berserk on, on like the Atari 2600 and the, you know, the different ports are about. And obviously the arcade version, it was a little stick guy. Straight walls, little robots that followed you, and a round ball. That was it. That's all you need in the game. 
So if they added stuff like, you know, a little speed up option or maybe a bomb you could use or an eight-way shoot or even rapid fire or something for a certain amount of time, that would add to the game immensely. But doing it a completely new style with like twin sticks and that, it's just, and it's a lot faster because the thing about Berserk, it's quite a slow plodding game. And the idea of, especially with Slow Bullets version, is after you get 5,000 points, Otto really speeds up. So if you don't get the robots and get out quickly, he will get you. If you're mm-hmm. not halfway across the screen going towards an exit and Otto comes out and there's no robots left, he will get you. So the idea of the game is just to keep going and keep getting out the door and hopefully getting as many robots to get the bonuses. That's the idea of Berserk. That's the main draw of the game. And then obviously Frenzy went a bit different. It had bouncy walls and different monsters and stuff. And But that was a good addition, but it wasn't Berserk. It was a different game. Similar, but different. But mm. Berserk, they could have just made better by leaving the, the aesthetics the same or maybe doing a fancy version and the old version. But they didn't. They've just done this thing and it's just not very good. Rubbish. Mm, could have left it alone, really. But they've got they've got the license now. So what's the other game they've got the license to? Stern Berserk. It, it, you can... Pro- I don't know without looking up right, but I can probably guess it's going to be Battlezone. Because Berserk wasn't even an Atari game. They obviously bought the Stern video game IPs. But yeah. Yeah, I can guess it's going to be Centipede, Asteroids, um, Battlezone, and probably Missile Command. That's usually what they keep flogging. And maybe like Tempest or... Um, what's all the spiders? Uh, Black Widow. They tend to do the same thing over and over again. What I would like to see is games that wouldn't look out of place as a sequel in the arcade. Berserk 2, maybe. Mm, yeah, that sort of thing. So it's not a great bit of arcade news. But the good bit of arcade news we have is Paul Ham, the excellent Pico 8 programmer, has done a version of Mappy. And Mappy's yes. not a game I, I like, but... This looks amazing. It looks just like the Mappy from the arcade. It's really, really well done. Excellent to him. Yes, well done, mate. I've not said we should have put that in the Pixel uh, Pixelate arcade debate bit. You could have done, but we haven't done one this month, have we? But next time, I will play that game and we'll talk about it. Mm. It looks a really nice version of it. That's how, do they, how is he going to fit that in? I'll have to look because there's so many platforms on he's the just, He's just churning them out and they're not sloppy. They're very, very good versions. They're really good. Guy's just churning yeah. them out. Here's some news that's, that's quite surprising. Arcade Club isn't nine years old. Oh, that's my goodness. 31st of October, 2014. I was there on the first week it opened. I was there for your birthday. Which was the second week? Was it really? Yeah, I think it's oh, only wow. the second week. Yeah. Wow! And That's when Andy had, about, Andy had about what was it? Eight cabs in the shop, his computer that, shop. That was about I don't know, about twenty odd, maybe, and ten pinballs, something like that. I remember playing Star Force on a Lordsvale cab, and it's it's what me really sort of got me interested in playing on cabaret games, cabaret machines. Mm. Really nice on a on a. Uh, Lordsville. Lordsville's are normally got Neo Geo machines in, so they're usually horizontal. When you flip the screen vertically, they're really nice vertical machines as well. Awesome. And Nine place, years, wow. Still that, going that, strong. That little Haslinden place is where I met, like, Charlie Fire and Trona, and a few of the locals. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. Because it's such a small place. It's good atmosphere, that place. Wow. Nine years old. Mm. For this next section, are you going to do a new... 
tune for it? Or are we just going to use the old one and pretend you've done one? Yeah. Hit it. Biscuits with you. Biscuits with you. I learned about you. Biscuits with you. Okay, this is from Play Expo Blackpool. This is this is a sneaky sales pitch, right? Oh yeah, it's not a biscuit, is it? It's it's a bubble waffle. What are you on? What are you bubble waffling on about? It's a waffle. Yeah, and a waffle. They put it on one of these plates and then do do the like the mixing thing. You're, you're describing it well. You're selling it, Sean. I want one right now. It's like a plate with holes in. And the, and Hold on a minute. T- I've just seen the price of them. No, I don't want one. And you turn it over and a waffle comes out and they put stuff in it. Yeah. And it's got gorgeous. It looks and, really sickly. But I reckon she knocked, someone knocked the, the little price that's on the counter, knocked it on the floor and I picked it up. And she said, oh, do you want to buy, buy a waffle, sir? Mm. I thought, oh, she just done it on purpose. It doesn't matter. Mm. It doesn't matter. So, so these had. things were £6.50 each. Are you insane? Yes. Have, you, have, you, have your brain left the building? You gotta have one though. They, they smell gorgeous. No, do you know what? I, I think it's these. <laughs> it might be some other stuff they do. They had them last year at Blackpool Expo as well. They smell really sickly, and I don't like. Mm. I, it reminds me of the smell of popcorn, which I really hate, and I do not like the smell of these things. But six pound fifty for a little pudding thing. It was big. It was filling. Blimey, Charlie! No, no, no I think my teeth would fall out of way at that. I did actually. This is a biscuit review because because it was a, a raspberry and white chocolate cheesecake with biscoff crumbs. Biscoff it's only biscuit crumbs, crumbs, though, isn't it? Biscuit crumbs review. Do you know what crumbs are? Don't, don't you? you? They are a Crum- deconstructed biscuit. They are deconstructed biscuit. So we'll get away with that, won't we? Hmm. Well, I don't know. You get away with a lot, Sean. I do. Next. Recent pickups. So, what, have you been buying anything? Well, sort of arcade, no, in brackets, podcast related? People noticed, I think last time I got a new mic and it was crap. Yeah, it's the it, second one that was faulty, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really bad. Wah, so, I sent, wah, wah. so I sent it back and I've gone back to the old one, which I yeah. think is all right, really. I've bought... What have I bought lately? I haven't bought any arcade, so I've got a few Famicom games. A few ones I haven't got. I got so a good deal on uh, Solstice, which is usually quite expensive game. Got for about 15, oh, yeah. 17 quid. That's a good little game. That's an isometric game, like Head of a Heels kind of thing. Yeah, the, the old eight bit day Equinox. Oh, me and Jan loved on the snares. Me and Jan loved that game. Oh, look into that. I didn't know there was a sequel to it. It seems quite a hard game. I had that on the NES because my brother. I bought my brother a NES when he was about ten. Uh, for one of his birthdays. We used to play it a lot in the house when I still lived at home. And um, we had that then. We had Solstice then. It's quite a hard game to play. It's a good game, but it's quite difficult. Um, and I got it on the Famicom now because it obviously came out in Japan, but it's slightly different. Um, what else did I get? I got Thunderbirds, which is a little shooter, vertical shooter game. And yeah. I've ordered another couple as well. Some nice ones coming through. I'm going to, like the podcasts, I'm going to get to 200 and then stop, I think. No, you're not. Yeah, I am. Still no, in denial, kids. Yeah, I've got about 195 Famicom games now. That's a lot. It is. That's probably the most I've had of anything I've ever collected, actually. Just the cart and not the boxes. Yeah, I've got a few box ones, but not many. I don't really care about boxes. I've never been bothered about boxes. Oh, another thing I've got lately... Um, I got a Pong machine. So my mate Jim down at the Barras, 
if I befriended a guy who's got the little um, game shop there. I, I, every now and again, I do him a favour. I take some stuff home and I just get it working for him, little fixes of old stuff, because he's, he's not very good at fixing this stuff. And he's got mm-hmm. a lad there who's very good at the new stuff. He's, like, fixing PS2s and PS3s for him. But he gave me... So you might be interested in this. He gave me a Commodore-branded Pong machine. You like the old binatones. It's got yeah. a shooting game on it, which I can't play because I haven't got the optional rifle. Tennis, which is basically two-player Pong. Football, two-player Pong with holes in it. And squash, one-player Pong. <laughs> so I, I had to... It's, look at this. Look at these kids. Look at this. That there, instead of having a dial for the paddles, it's got sliders. Oh, right. And it's got... So that, that slider in my hand there, the little remote one, it's a little white sort of beige and brown thing. Obviously, it was the 70s. Is player two's paddle. Player one's paddle's actually the same slide on the machine itself. It's a little sort of like six by seven inch square box. And it's got... I've got down on the floor there two extra controllers that you plug in the back with a massive din plug for players three and four. So you can actually play four-player pong on it. But I had to, because it's an old RF machine only, I had to Google how to AV mod it, you know, composite mod it. And I've actually composite modded it, and it works fine. Little bleepy, bippy thing. But I also took some Spectrums back. I've got four Spectrums in a bag over there, Cezedex Spectrums, the rubber ones. So mm-hmm. I composite modded those for him as well. It takes like five minutes. It's just a capacitor and a few snippy snips. And I composite modded those for him and got three of them working out the four because one of them was, I think, the Euler chips knackered on it. So I nicked it off the one that didn't have a very good keyboard. I got three of them working for him. But I had a good rummage through the stuff he's got. He's got loads of gear there. And I got a few Game Gear games as well, actually. I got three I didn't have. Cart only again. Nice. But not been really buying too much, I don't think. Mm. Apart from that lot. Apart from that. Well, I didn't buy any of it. It was all free. Ah. So that's my favourite price, really, isn't it? Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> Do a favour for him. Listener feedback. Okay, the feeding of the of the feeding of the back. Theodore Merrill. This is just addition to the big big long message he sent last month. Thanks, mate. One of the great things about MAME emulator was the fact I discovered a lot of cartridges I had on the Commodore 64. They were actual arcade conversions, just Lazarian. Wonder wonder how that played. (laughs) Solar Fox, Wizard of War, Omega Race, which I actually had that cart, and Blueprint. Oh, tell you what, Blueprint, add that to our list of the next last eight games. That's a good little game, that is, when you get into it. Mr. 20 to 5 mentioned that to us, yep. didn't he? We'll do that one day then. Right. Andrew McCabe's been on. 8-bit controllers not working on Mac computers. Yes, I moan about this quite regularly. I bought an 8-bit, 8-bit do uh, Famicom-shaped controller a while back, a, a sort of burgundy and gold-looking thing, twin stick. It works fine on PCs. It's like a, a Bluetooth wireless jobby. I think you can wire it as well. But working on a Mac, it just keeps forgetting its settings. It just never really worked very well on a Mac. I don't think they ever got drivers to work very well on it. So if you've got a Mac, don't get an 8-bit do controller. They're not very good. Get a Hori one. I've got a Hori one there. It's really good. It just looks really like a standard. Machines, are they? Macs are not really games machines, are they? Yeah, but they still, you know, the controllers do work on them. But, you yeah. know, I've got, I've got a Hori one there, which basically looks like a PS4, uh, Xbox, uh, whatever, modern controller. It's got two twin sticks, a D-pad, and a bunch of buttons, and it works fine. Mm. 
But the 8-bit do ones just don't work very well on the Mac. Don't know why. Eee. Clint Eastwood 71's been on. Dear Victor and Sean, this month has been awesome with Victor's pick. Checkman is a classic old school game. Not too complicated, but gripping enough where you just want to go back all the time and try and beat your score. I also found a newfound hatred for boots, especially when they chase you. Graham, Greybags, and I were chatting about Sean's pick last month. We should not talk about it anymore. And Graham was saying that in your older podcast, you used to have listeners pick. I think it's a great idea, plus it gives Sean a break from picking a Galco game. And then all the pressure is on the listener for choosing a crappy game. You can then give the listeners some abuse instead of poor Sean. So we used to do this, and I think we stopped after Charlie Farr picked Peter Packrat, because it was one of the worst games we've ever played. No, I just think because we used to do it. We can't we trust do- them. The listeners, they can't be trusted. Every, every two weeks we used to do it, didn't we? So we, we yeah. could get a listener pick. But we've always got a game we want to do, haven't we? Because it's been a month normally. Yeah, yeah I think so. And, we and do, we we're do the get- bosses, so up yours. <laughs> we do get <laughs> we do get inspired by it though, yeah. well here are three that um, Clint Eastwood says about uh, number one Boogie Wings which does look quite a decent game that's quite a cult game that one I two played that. I played that with Jimmy G in yeah I've played it in Gall- the Galloping Ghost as well Galloping Ghost that was 2018 it's quite a busy game looks good though <laughs> uh, number two Dead Eye Excellent game. I think you might not be able to pick it because it needs a trackball. I'm not sure if everyone else has got a trackball. That is like a target game, isn't it? You you, you run around on a, a single screen and you've got to shoot targets. You move the trackball around rather than I'm a gun sure. game. I don't know that one. I'm, 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 I'm sure that's Dead Eye. Number three, Domino Man. Hope that helps and Sean to take care of some of the pressure of finding game for the month. Graham and I have almost got 1,500 games in our arcades and we're always getting more every month. So... We can't really play Domino Man because there is a little cheeky trait in Domino Man where you can just get thousands of points just by putting a domino up, put it back, putting it up, putting it back loads of times. Because remember, at Galloping Ghost, they stopped taking high scores for Domino Man because you can cheat at it very easily. Mm-hmm. So they stopped doing scores on it. So that wouldn't be a very good game to do. It's quite a fun game, but I don't think there's enough in it to do really that one. Right, this is Jeremy Riley. I was going to say, do right. it properly, and you did. Jeremy Riley. Hi, Vic and Sean. I'm sorry I've been out, t- out of touch for so long, but my arcade cabinet has gone on the blink. Oh. With a recurring electrics problem, I could do it. Jam- no, no, jam- don't let him. Don't let him, Jeremy. Don't let him do it. Lick the electrics, put jam on it. The monitor gets power, but the PC and or Mr. Mr. Cade do not. Troubleshooting has taken a back seat, but I'm still listening to the podcast. I recently went for a UK and European holiday, Ireland, Scotland, and my niece's knees up in Yorkshire, and then a train trip across Europe, Copenhagen, cool. Prague. What, what's where's Prague? It's near Prague, I think. I think it is. Yeah, <laughs> Bud- Budapest, v- Veniki. Where's Veniki? Near Venice. Oh yeah, Lake Como. Blissful hours, Lake Girl. While in Budapest, my teen daughter and I visited the Budapest Pinball Museum. I didn't know that existed. Cool. I spent about two and a half hours playing the largest collection of pinball machines in Europe, as well as a great but smaller collection of arcade machines. Arcade machines I've heard of there was Midway's Invaders from Mars, 
Bally Mecha- Bally's Mechanical Roadrunner and a weird hybrids like Pac-Man, Baby Pac-Man, alongside classics like Star Wars, Tomodetsu, Frogger, Arcade Machine, sorry, yeah, Sega Rally, Fruit Ninja, Fruit Ninja. <laughs> pinball Collection was amazing. We're not into pinball. All of the classics were there, but some unusual highlights included Black Hole. Black Hole was at Pinfest. You know what it is? A hole that's black? It's a, it's a curved pin table so that the play field is curved oh really the ball, yeah the ball can spin around and then drop down the middle i.e the black hole oh but that's an interesting uh, idea yeah but it's crap to play it's not, oh, is very, it? it's not very good to play yeah it's i think the back glass is really nice isn't it yeah no, it's all yeah. space themed obviously it's, it's a good idea i'm surprised it didn't do well the ridiculously oversized Hercules. That must Ooh, be. Have you ever played a Hercules pin? Is it Atari one? Yeah, it's about about eight feet long, about a meter wide. The flipper is about five inches long, and the pinball is actually a pool ta- a pool ball. It's it's yeah. just it's hilariously oversized. Like someone's just gone mad, and not many of them have produced. But it's it's a lot of it's a really slow pinball to play because it's so big. But it is fun because it's silly. Yeah. Atari went a bit mad on that one, obviously. Yeah. Captain Fantastic, 1970. Many other mechanical classics. I think my favourite was the Pac-Man table, partly because of the janky bonus game, which is like a cut-down version of Pac-Man. It's a really is, bad version of Pac-Man. Yeah, not brilliant. I've attached a few photos for your perusal. Thank you for all your hard work on the podcast. Thanks, Jeremy. Well, thank you for sending those pictures. They were good. Nice-looking place, actually. It's really cool, that. Ah, regarding alligator hunt, Sean. Yes. Anad Ilad Relly says, seriously, guys, of all the games out there, this is what you've picked. Hold on a minute. Not we. Not we. Him. Holly picked it. I had nothing to do with it. It's an, it's an undiscovered hidden gem. <sighs> Should be covered up. And also regarding alligator hunt, the Time Walk Arcade, our mates down there, this game sounded so bad and weird, I'm wishing I played. You must like bad yeah. and weird games. Stuart, yeah. And then Stephen Dixon on Facebook. For, I own a board of this game, although I have to replace the volume parts on it. Plug it in every so often regardless, as it has a suicide battery. And I a replied bit. with, I could set fire for it for you, free of charge. Hope this helps. I'm always <laughs> there to help, Sean. Always there to help. <laughs> bit of We've gasoline in a match, no problem. You've got a picture from my jock. And I think it's his, his uh, kids there. Oh, okay. Hey, hey guys, want to play Chapman? Hello. And he's got it. It looks like an old CRT on stilts. Yeah. So it's tipped up like an old. It, it almost looks like a monster. child trap, doesn't it? A kid could go under there and find a biscuit and TV land on the kid. Yeah. I hope not. It's, it's that's quite precarious, that. But the kids are playing arcade. What game are they playing? That looks like. That looks like. Uh, what's the game with a big arm? Let me stop you right there. It's Bionic Commando, you buffoons. Remember the swingy arm? He's got a swingy arm thing. Gotta sound Captain like you. Commando. No. Bionic Bloody Commando. The one where you, you shoot up and grab things with a sort of grappling hook. Friendly shout outs. These are the people we met at Blackpool Ed Horse. Tin and Paul, Jeff Neal, Colin P. Wonderswan, Rose Tinted Spectrum, Cheeky Blighter and Dig Dug, that's the same person, Lewis, obviously, 
Retro Gaming Roundup, fellas. Uh, fascinating story about computer space collectors. Go on, Sean. Tell me about computer space collectors. Yes, yeah, Scott, the American guy from Retro Gaming Roundup. He, he, he was talking to me about uh, this Facebook group where all the computer spaces that are left in circulation have got, have got serial numbers. So they're all logged yeah. and they're all looked after. And some of them have been found in dumpsters and that. And yeah. he had this story about one got stolen and set fire to and all, all different sorts of things. But Eek. yeah, it's good that these things are, are being preserved and there's more of them out there than we think. Oh, wow. And just just before this podcast, I had a quick look through the Facebook group, Computer Space Collectors, and they just come up with like computers in space. Oh, and then, like, robots. Say it properly. Computers in, Computers space. in space! But, yeah, some fascinating stories. I wonder how many were made. Is it, like, 1,200 or something? Is that all? It's yeah. quite a low run, but, you know, they were fiberglass, weren't they? Yeah, it was the beginning of a... They look so cool. Yeah, it was the beginning of an era, weren't it, without Sparkly paint. Without sparkly paint. There would be no Pong computer space if you listen to they create worlds podcast it explains how computer space was so influential mm. and paved the way for pong and a couple of really uh, really sort of enthusiastic operators and promoters mm. it's a really, shame those really games weren't games. more of a made like that because they're really unique looking things they're awesome they do look good the game's very Lovely. It's just just so very basic. basic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, of course. But it's it's like the first one, really. Mm. Uh, shout out to all the replay staff, of course, lo- loads of them, and uh, also to my brothers from another mothers. How many mothers this have you is, got? I've got like, loads here. So, Tiny Dan, Mark Capadude, Charlie Far, Neil Twenty Five, Chonads, he's Jimmy. They're they're the people that we have a, we have a chat with when we go away. And with Mister Twenty Five there. He wasn't there on this one, no. Aww. But he, he was there in spirit. Oh, I missed him. Couldn't make it for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yes, but all the other lads, hello, hello, shouty out. <laughs> uh, so, instead of doing the Pico 8 arcade debate, which we are going to do next month, we're going to have a look at the mappy version from Paul. We, you, I said no. In fact, there's swear words at the start of this. But you said, <laughs> oh, yes, it will take two minutes, honest gov. You <laughs> are going to look at some of the Galco games because I think they're terrible. All the Galco games I've ever played are terrible. But you do prove me wrong on one of them, at least. Mm. Carry on, be- Sean. Go ahead. We'll start with the score submissions from the Galco, ga- Galco, Galco games on the Evercade car. They are allowed because Mr. Deadlock had a quid, quick dig What does he they know? Are, they are the arcade ROMs. He's in the know, isn't he? They are the mm. exact ROMs used in mm-hmm. MAME. So if you're playing one of these arcade games, Evercade carts, yeah. They are the same. So they will, from now on, be available for submission of scores. But we're never, ever playing any of the Galco games ever again. So forget it. Yeah. Mm. We could play... No. Galco, no. were they good, good or <laughs> Born in 1985. Geoco, 1990 to 2005. After the wonders... <laughs> yeah, you carry on, Sean. ...of Thunder Hoop and Alligator Hunt, we have some isometric races. World Rally Championship 1 and 2, but hang on a goddamn minute. A these goddamn were only, minute. These were only published by Geoco. They were developed by someone else called Ziggurat Software. 
as were a lot of the other titles under the Game Code banner. So the two best games, I think... They are pretty good, though. So World Rally 1 and 2 are good little games. Isometric. They're not even Game Code games, really. They're my kind of racers, those games. Joystick games, obviously. The in-house developments, i.e. made by Game Code, Big Karnak, which is a fight-and-go-right with an ancient Egyptian theme and awful scrolling. Ooh, I know the name, but I don't think I've ever played it. Radical Bikers, which seems to be a PS2 graphics era, crazy taxi type of themed checkpoint thing, but you're on a moped delivering pizzas. That is... what? Stop. Hold it. Passable. So rather than competing in a fantastic rally around the world, different places, or delivering papers in, in a futuristic scene and stuff, you're delivering pizzas. You're basically an Uber Eats guy. Yeah. Whatever possessed them to do that? Could they not have jazzed it up a bit? They're just you know, trying to cash could in. Could they not do they? like motorbikes in space or something? But no, just delivering pizzas on a mope. Get, get on your Vespa, lads. Someone needs a pepperoni. They did skateboards in space. Jesus Christ. had skateboards in space. That's way ahead of its time. Oh, my Lord. So then I got bored of all this. Like, and I'll point you to Evercade cartridges... Uh, Arcade 1 and 2. Whatever possessed Evercade to want to make a cartridge out of their games? They're awful. The only good ones are World Rally Champ 1 and 2. And this that is doesn't feel like... Because I know the Evercade pride themselves on putting quite a lot of games on each cart. That is not good enough. <laughs> it's not. That's awful. As of 2007, right... Gaoco now develops electronic dart machines under the name of Gaoco Darts, and they're they're quite popular. Like, okay, you know, like big darts machines with electronic readouts and all that kind of thing. So, in conclusion, with the exception of Radical Bikers, we at Ten Pence have proudly bought you the cream of the Gaoco crop. <laughs> God, you can't even say that without laughing. They were terrible with alligator hunt and thunderhoop. Because Gaelco are a Spanish firm, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. And I know, I don't want to go against a certain country or anything, but I know Korea has got quite a lot of dodgy games. Like in the 2000s, they did like a lot of like, you know, SNES kind of games and, you know, it's quite simple throwaway things. But what? Gaelco, awful. Awful. Yes. Uh, sorry, lads. I, you need to. I need to just cleanse my palate. Can you just give me a quiz, please? Arcade Master Quiz. Okay, this one will knock your socks clean off and then right back on again. If well, that's, that's possible. difficult because I'm wearing slippers. I haven't got any socks on at all. Well, you will have after this, young man. It's, it's going to blow my socks on out of the cupboard onto your toes. <laughs> wow! Right, this this. Podcast. No, this podcast is a thing that is happening now. This quiz, right. this quiz is inspired by Checkman. Okay. So there are, here are ten questions related to single-screen games that have grid-like graphics. Excellent. Or, or graphical mazes. Hit so me. Top-down grids or mazes. Right. Hit me hard, Number Sean. One, you, you should get a lot of scores here, so mm-hmm. it's quite easy. Right, a 1980 Exidy game. Little Asteroids... Little asteroid shapes, shaped ships, trying to say that, ships, shoots, little vehicles in between a nine by nine grid of squares. Oh, was that Targ? It is Targ. What was the sequel called? 
Oh, I've had this game. I had a cab of it. Oh, no, I can't remember it. Spectre. Spectre, yes. Yeah, Do you know no, what? That you... game is actually quite a good game. It's very simple, but it's very good. Mm. I like playing that game. It's really good. We should do it one day. Right. Ni- question two. A 1981 Konami game. Griller on one level, paint roller on the second level. Should, should get that easy. Amidar. Yes. Do you want to know the bootleg names as well? Go on then. Amigo. The old... Amigo, yeah. Yeah. That's a, and... There's a game very similar called Triple Punch. Do you know I was looking for that? Is that it's the one? A, with it's the one that scrolls. It's an Amadar that scrolls. Oh, I'll give you a point for that. Give me five hundred bonus points. Okay, even though I don't know if it's true or not. Right, number three. How dare a, you. a 1985 Namco game. Use your spaceship to ram opponents off the edge of a grid playfield with motos. Yes, we did that in in podcast. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, number four, nineteen eighty Namco game, Red Brick Maze, defend Yellow Eagle. Hmm, I've got to try and remember the name of this. Oh darn it! I've got that on the Famicom. It's called something different on the Famicom. Oh, what's the name of it? Sean, you're testing my rubbish memory. Give me a slight clue. There's, I was going to say the word then. It's a... I can't... There are... What shall I say? Oh, Tank Battalion. Yeah. There you go. I remembered it. I remember it had tanks in it. If you'd said tank, I would have got it straight away. I was going to say Machines of War. (laughs) (laughs) Machines of War. 11 years later, there was a sequel. What was it called? I didn't know this. Was it the Ross one? It's not TNK three, is it? No, that's that's what's it in it. That's uh, not, not. Oh, is it? Um. Oh, it's a twin a stick Karen game. Warriors, Karen Warriors, thing, so, yeah, go on. Is it a twin stick game? Don't rescue. Know. No. No, not not that rescue. Sorry, I'm thinking. Still, of... it's, still, it's still in the maze. It's a bit more three D. I don't know. Ta- Tank Force. Tank Force. Okay. Yeah. Number five, a 1980 Stern Grid Maze game with randomly generated rooms. Berserk? Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One of my favourite games. How many possible rooms is there? Ooh, is it like 65,000-odd? Yes. 255 by whatever it is works out. Is it 65536 or something like that? It is. Wow, I don't remember that number. You get an extra point. And I can't remember Tank Battalion. What's wrong with me? Right, but there's only a certain number of actual different mazes and only less than a certain number that are actually unique. And it's a lot, lot lower. If you get within 200, I'll give you a point. Is it 255? No, no. Oh, I was thinking along the 8-bit lines, you know. It's 8. There's... 1,024 maze layouts, yeah. 876 are unique. Oh, okay. Wow. So there is that massive grid that's based on, but there's only that. There's still a load of unique mazes, isn't it? When, when you do play it for quite a while, which I do, I always go left to right, left to right, whenever I can. Mm. You do notice that a lot of the levels, because the thing about Berserk is you get a very brief second 
to orientate yourself and get things out of the way quickly before everything starts firing at you. And a lot of the time, you start in a corridor and you've got to do a certain move and you do that quite a lot. It's quite similar. So the, the start of a level is quite similar on a lot of the, on the levels, I think. Right, this is a good one. Question six. Mm. How many walls are there? Like walls, barriers, mm. kind of sticky out bits in the inner maze of Pac-Man. So not including the outer wall. There's like, you know, the, like the little T-shapes and the right yeah. square. How many of those are there on the play field? Ooh. Plus or minus one. Ah. Uh, uh, 16. Or 19. Oh, booker. <laughs> that was just a guess. <laughs> right. Number seven. You're on eight points a minute. That's good. What is unusual about the maze in Tong Electronics 1982 game Beezer? What is unusual about the it's maze? Hexagonal. There's hexagonal. Um, it's all uh, joined by hexagonal pieces. Yeah. Little Y-shaped things. Yeah. Yeah. Like a honeycomb and what enemies do you have to trap in this honeycomb oh it's not bees it is bees is it bees yeah uh, bees. Just let, let, let me rephrase that bees yeah. coming bees. in bees <laughs> your point for that you said bees okay this uh, i don't know if you, this is it's all right it's okay 1981 konami maze game featuring snake-like creatures made of balls where you can only shoot the tails of the worm, yes. or their worms, from behind to shorten their length. Got to name the, the name of the game. Yeah. Oh, I really like this game, and we've done it on the podcast. We have. Mm. Sam constipated. Um. Oh, for goodness' sake! Oh, Sean, I can't even remember. There's. Reddens. I know. And blue ones. And yellow, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, God, you have to tell me. Jungler. Jungler! Damn it. Uh, what an idiot. Okay. I like jungler. I was playing that the other day. Which are the most dangerous out of them, red, blue, or yellow Red. Worms? Red, yeah. Because they shoot quicker. Mm. Right. Question nine. You've got, you're on ten points. That's good. How how much? This is kicks, quicks. How much of the screen do you have to compl- uh, fill in to complete the level? Seventy five percent. Yeah. Do you know I would have said seventy on that. Mm-hmm. There's two buttons, action buttons on the kicks. Slow and fast. Oh yeah. Ooh. Okay. Question ten. A, a kicks sequel that you love. You know this. What mm-hmm. is it? Volfied. Bullfight, yeah, easy. Manufacturer. Taito. Taito, easy. Year of release. 91. No, 89. Bugger! So you got 14 I've got out of multiple 10 boards of that game as well. 14 out of 10 there. Sure, well that was a good yeah. quiz and I liked it. We like quizzes. Well done, sir. That was a good one. I like that one. I might have to do one for you next time on scrolling games. Oh, yeah. Mmm. Yes, yes. I'm thinking about it already. And now, a word from our sponsor. Dear Atari Anonymous, ever since my husband Luno returned from Earth with asteroids, the new Atari home video game, he and the rest of the family do nothing but play asteroids. Luno says asteroids is good practice for his interplanetary life. 
Tell me, dear Atari Anonymous, with everybody hooked on asteroids, what on earth is a poor Martian mother to do? New Atari Asteroids, now available for your home. Or not. Probably not sponsoring us at all, is it? No one's ever sponsored us. No. Nah, I wouldn't either. Actually, mm. I do. It's me that does it. Custard creams could sort of sponsor us. Mm. Got some lemon biscuit tin at the moment. Only good in tea. I'll, ki- I'll keep saying it. I'll die on that hill. Only good in tea. Or no. coffee. Or coffee. Dum dum. Let's just lose the flavour. Oh, they're nasty. Co- they're dry and horrible otherwise. crap in here. Yeah, rubbish. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, 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 anyway. Feature game review. It is Checkman. It's done by. It was released by Zillic Zenitone in 1980. Because I can't remember. Is it 81? We've done very little writing on this. Very little. But it does sound like this. It's 1982, and it uses Galaxian hardware, which is quite common back in the 80s. Basically, Dusty Bin is being hunted by fascist Doc Martens. Now, because we haven't written a lot on this, I'm going to read out the hilarious Japanese translated flyer. I think someone's translated this with Google Translate or something. It's hilarious. Right. I did it, it, yeah. How to play. Operate the control lever and... Run away so you don't get caught by the ugly shoes and a ticking time bomb. Get them before the time is up. Please. <laughs> this is what it says. <laughs> when the remaining time of the time bomb is running low, an alarm will sound and the remaining time will be displayed. When it becomes zero, to check man, fly towards me. It will explode. I also hit a skeleton. Even check man, I was killed, is. It's <laughs> great, isn't it? You can no longer pass the path that Checkman has taken once, so move the path to the left or right by pressing the button. Yeah. Around the shoes, you can also lock your shoes by erasing blocks. Can. <laughs> Tribe gets bonus points. If you take five time bombs, next. Let's move on to the pattern. Yeah. And that is released by Japan Leisure Co. I, I presume who were the uh, operator in Japan. Jalico. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course it is. Jalako, Japan, Japan Leisure Incorporated. Mm. Collect all the flags on the early levels as there is no great threat from the boots. It's quite slow. You only get one set of boots chasing you on the first level. Scroll bombs to the opposite edge of the screen so you can easily collect them and move back to your starting side. At the start of each level, you get a few seconds where the boots cannot move. Make use of this time to get the first bomb. If two bombs are ticking down the later levels, get the closest one first, unless the other is much close to exploding. Move the floor away from the boots to trap them. If you trap a boot on a single square, you can move the square away from underneath it, trapping it on empty space. It cannot move. So tips and secrets we just sort of hit upon there. The bricks will scroll as far as the objects in the row will let them, if you see what you mean. You can run through the boots without dying for a couple of seconds at the start of a level. It's worth getting all the flags on the early levels. You rack up more bonus points by just getting the bombs. So you get 500 points, 1,000, 1,500. I think you get up to 2,000 if you get the flags. But if you get the ticking time bonds in the first 10 seconds, you get 3,000 bonus points. Then it's 2,500, 2,500. And obviously, if the 
if the timer goes all the way to zero, the thing will come and kill you. It, you can't get away from it. You just die. You lose a life. So you've got to yeah, do it in the time. It, I think it is seconds at the start, but then it gets the timer gets really, really quick. Yeah, like it goes bum, fast. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, and you yeah. get more than one at a time. You can get up to like three or four at a time. Uh, ports and sequels. Oh, well, before you do the ports and sequels, Sean, yes. um, there's another little tip since you've got added here. When exiting, entering through the screens, either up and down or left and right, you can float over an open square to land on a yellow tile. So if there's a blank space where you can't normally walk, you sort of jump over it. Mm. So you can come in from yeah. the, and actually jump over it and land on a yellow square so you can keep moving. So it won't, it, it can't not let you through the screens when you go from one end of the screen and appear on the other side. It'll always let you do that. All right. So this game is its sort of like a... It's not really a maze game, is it? It's a single screen. When you walk on the yellow squares, they disappear. And you have a left and right scroll button. So if you're, you're, you've trapped yourself in empty space, you can scroll the tiles back towards you from left to right. But they only stop either side of the screen if, if one of the, the skeletons, the skull and crossbones or the bombs are in the way, or an enemy, or a flag. But you scroll the things around to move and get yourself in. But when you scroll them, the boots can also get you, because the, the enemies are boots trying to stomp on you. And that's the only time you ever get killed. If you hit, if a boot stamps on you, if you hit a skull and crossbones, or you let the time run, that's the only way of getting killed. So it's quite a simple game. And if you sort of take your time with it, it's quite rewarding. You can't do it quickly. And the thing with this game is well, you've got to play four-way. You've got to play four. If you play eight-way, you'll just be messing up all over the place. It's, it's a strict four-way game. Mm, it is. Yeah, I think later on, there's the white boots that can actually go in the go in the gaps that you've made so go if you like the yellow boots can't go in the gaps that you've made in the maze but the white boots can when do the white boots come i've only i think i've only ever seen them once and i've got a higher score than you yeah so when do they come about the white boots? i don't know i I do know world record holder gary whittingham's feedback which you're going to get onto in a minute that the the japanese version of this by japan leisure we spoke about a minute ago from the flyer there's some graphical changes in it. It makes it makes I, I think the, the graphics are better. It makes the screen less cluttered, but that version is easier. So you have to play on this version. You have to play the Zillic Zenitone version, which is just the Checkman ROMs, not Checkma J. So you, you were playing the normal version, right? Yeah. Because yeah. one of our listeners was using the wrong ROMs, but he went back and got a better score with the correct ROMs, so he did better on it in the end. Before we go into this, it's quite a bit of feedback on the game. Actually, lots of people really liked it. So, did you like it, Sean? Yeah, I did. I, I think it's one where you've got to be really alert, and I only only get to play mid cab really when I get home from work, and I'm not quite alert enough. When but are you ever alert, Sean? Sunday mornings are pretty good. Okay. So I think I, I think I got my scores Sunday mm. morning. Like I had a couple of good good runs mm. where I was proper on it and you've got to be so aware of the screen it's it's, it's almost like you've got to take take a step back yeah and take, just look at the whole screen and watch where they watch where they're appearing yeah because a, a good thing to do is is get to a safe area because when you when you jump through the screen to get away from one of the enemies they can't follow you through the screen it's almost like mm. the the tunnels on pac-man they, they go I think they can on pac-man but they can't go through the screen so if you go out the left side and appear on the right hand side they can't follow you 
So you can do that and then hold it a second, have a look where the next bomb is and go and plan your route to it, whether you go through the screens to get to it easier or to move, move, you know, go past the boots or whatever. And it's quite rewarding doing that and also going for the extra, the flags for the extra points as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you got to sort of, you can't just rush it because if you rush it, you end up walking into stuff you don't want to walk into. And then getting stranded and having to scroll the tiles along to get out of where you were. Yeah, what I tended to do there is I scrolled the boots towards me and then they come and get you. Because the boots mm-hmm. don't really chase you. They kind of ignore you. But I think if on the later levels, when they see you and you're near them, they will follow you and they follow you exactly the same speed as you can. So if you go out the screen, you can evade them. But they do follow you quite rapidly later on in the game. But they can't move quicker than you. So you can outrun them. But then you end up walking into something else or running out of space or whatever. Let's read some bits from Gary because he's the, he's the world record holder on it. Hi, guys. Gary Whittigan, Virtual Gaz. I, I doubt you remember me, Sean, but back in 22 last year, we had a good old chat on my fa- about my Facebook group, Williams Defenders Players Unite. Yeah, I remember that. Arcade Club. Mm-hmm. I, I can put a link in for that. You had a good old chat about how he created that group. It just... Mm-hmm. He just thought it was just for a few, a few defender players and it turned into this massive group. Thousands of them. Excellent. He said, I've listened to the podcast on and off uh, since then. And my good mate, Tim Keeling, messaged me in the middle of, middle of the night. It's, uh, he's in Australia. Okay. To alert me of your Checkman challenge. He did this because beside defending, I also check. I check a lot, so much so that I am the unofficial world record holder since 2001. I hold the highest score ever, uh, first man score, and the only player to ever to, ever to live to reach the skill, kill screen. I wonder what kill screen is. Wow. It's a bit of an inside joke with my, my arcade mate. It's Jay Bell, in particular, would, would cry, what the F is check, man? <laughs> <laughs> Because it's unaware that it should be on a bit defender. This unashamedly disgusting self-promotion is necessary because, of course, this is an obscure UK game. Yeah, I think it is, isn't it? So, oh. so Alex Zenitone. And the Twin Galaxies Inclined Fraternity. I've never heard of it. Wiki, Wiki and other sites claim Xylex Zenitone is a US company, but I've also seen a Jalico flyer. And this may be something to, to do with Dealum. By Zenitone is a UK pontoon game and Xylex Zenit- Electronics. Xylex Zenitone. It's hard to oh say, my- isn't it? Oh my god. Xylex Electronics slash Xylex did lots, including my beloved Vortex, Vortex and the Pit. I noticed this when I was looking at it, Sean. There was a company called Xylex and they, they sort of partnered with different um, companies. There's one Xylex Zenitone or Zenitone Microsac. Zilek, Zenitone, and Zilek. They, they, they must be British because what Gary was saying here as well, um, the ports on the games always seem to be for the you know, BBC and Commodore and Acorn, which were popular in the UK. And the excellent Invaders Revenge Cab by Zenitone Microsac is in the mix. That is a good game. And I know a lot of small devs were also involved in the lucrative bootleg boards and counterfeiting ROMs, as well as misinformation everywhere. So I think they were a UK company. So Gary goes on to say, I've edited this a little bit. Um, uh, so Gary digresses. Anyhow, 
I, like you, played all those chip shot games back in the day, and Checkman was found quite a bit in Birmingham, like the Pit and Vortex, and many, many counterfeits. I may have the Vortex world record too, who knows? It's pretty unplayable in MAME at the moment, but I was ever so relieved to see it, and Deco Kid arrive after waiting literally decades for it. So I have a theory as to why Checkman remains on the outer today, even with the worldwide access. It's because you can't cheat a high score on it. All you can do on MAME is set infinite lives. The infinite time cheat only stops your overall game under the score, which is a meaningless anyhow. So he says, thanks for giving Checkman some love. I'm sure Gary's the one who's always asked for Checkman, like many, many times before. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure it's Gaz, yeah. He says he's not submitting a score, though, because his personal best from back in the game was 382,000 with the joystick, and that wasn't even getting to the kill screen. But I can say this, for playing as an old man, Checkman is all about practice and reactions. I've played even more since MAME, but my reactions and attention span seem less than he used to be. A lot of our teenage Twix reflexes are gone. My glasses move slowly down my nose and my arthritic <laughs> wrists start to burn. Oh yeah, my own PCB's ROMs may have been the one we were all playing now. I donated 20 plus PCBs to MAME in the early days of MAME while they were sourcing ROMs. I think the first time I used MAME was version 0.5. Some of the flyers are mine too. There were only 26 games back then on MAME, and some didn't work. I remember playing Pac-Man. I used to play Donkey Kong, but they sometimes were very slow or jumpy. Good old days on a 486DX266 with a 14.4 dial-up. I find J. Oh, actually, he says he finds J, which is a Japanese version, more difficult than Checkman with the graphics. I don't think the gameplay differs, just a license change. I included some arbitrary change to graphics and sound. When I kill screen the Japanese version, I had a dream run. I still have never kill screen the UK version. It'll be interesting to see how the listeners go with Checkman. Like most of the games I'm good at, it's fairly dynamic. I hate having to remember things. There are no patterns, although sometimes certain minds will start together in the same way if the card is set out the same by you. It's hard to explain, but I can tell you. If there was a pattern to follow, I would have found it by now. I've worked out certain sequences, though, in just a case of reacting quickly and leaving the tiles intact to get there in time. By the time you're on the 14th set, it's literally a case of charging forward and hope that no mines come up close to you. You can easily lose all your lives on one bad round, where the mine is just out of reach and you maroon yourself. Don't ask me why and how the boots behave the way they do. I have no idea. Which makes for a good game. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. they chase you. Sometimes they just randomly float about the place. I, I tried getting, I tried getting all the flags first, but you make such a mess of, mess of the maze. Yeah, later on you just got to get the bombs, otherwise you just yeah. run out of space. And this this reminds me a bit when he's going about early main that the reason I got a PC, I had a PlayStation. The mm. reason I got a PC because I learned about Mame, and yeah. I, had, I I was playing the very early versions of Mame, I think nineteen ninety seven or something, nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, I, I was early to Mame as well because I remember playing. Pac-Man pretty well. I think it played Galaxian, a few games. And back then, the games were, as, as they were sort of developing the the drivers to play the ROMs, they always did the graphics and the gameplay and then just worked out the sound later on. So a lot of the games were silent for ages until they got the sound drivers working. Mm-hmm. So I suppose you can play a game without sound, but you can't play it without graphics or whatever. So yeah, I remember back then playing loads of games early. And that's how I got into Volfi, because that was a fairly early one, I remember. I remember playing that thing. I really like this game. He sent us a load of links as well, actually. So thanks for that, Gaz. There's some, uh, he's actually got his world record, 373,000, which we can look at on there. I'll, I'll put the links to the YouTube later on. 
so yeah. Remember that, that MARP thing that is on about the MARP high score table? No, I don't actually. MARP, yeah, it was, it was similar to like Twin Galaxies and stuff, but oh, okay. he, he reckons it's just been ruined by people cheating on the scores. Yeah, it's a bit of a pain that when you, world record, you need to sort of have them verified, don't you? But he's got, he's got some, yeah, he's got some scores on there. We, we can put these links in the new shoots. Yeah, big scores as well. He got 300 on Checkman J. He got 322,000 on his first life and then only got up to 373,000 with the last remaining lives. I say only, but 322,000 on the first. That's insane. Wow. So last bit of feedback before we do the scores. This is from Pilbo. Hi, Victor and Sean. Tip top show is also chaps. Um, as seems to be a quite routine occurrence, I don't have time to submit feedback last month or even have time to play the game very much. I have to agree with the general consensus that Alligator Hunt seemed more like a SNES game that I wouldn't play very much and definitely wouldn't have put my 20ps in the arcade. All you'll talk about Pico 8 games have always piqued and piqued my interest, but I just haven't found the time to buy and install it. But I've just purchased a Pow Kitty RGB 30 handheld, which has a 1 1 ratio 720p screen, Ooh. and which Retro Game Corpse points out is perfect for Pico 8, amongst other things. In his, UK, in his YouTube review. It also runs a Raspberry Pi version of the software natively, so I think now is the time for me to dip my toe into the Pico 8 water. What game would each of you suggest for me to play first once I've installed it? There's millions of games, isn't there? There's loads of games. I would say anything by Paul Ham X. He's done some really good arcade mm. ports. I think he did Scramble, which I really like. Scramble, Moon, Moon Patrol. Berserk. And, yeah, Berserk. He's done loads, actually. What was that... Bullet hell shoot that we played. Oh, yeah. We'll find it. Yeah, that's a good game. That yeah, you really like that one. So yeah, um, he's also got some feedback for Checkman, which was included in the score notes. So let's do the scores, Sean. Here we go. <laughs> one punch run. Oh my god! Forty eight. <laughs> what did I have my god for? Forty eight thousand seven hundred sixty. Uh, Drumsy, 50k exactly. Overlord of the arcade sidekick. Yes. Yes, Phil Cave. He's working on a new one, by the way. I don't know if it's out yet. Arcade sidekick version three. Okay. Carry on. Lots more stuff you can... There's a few of us testing it for him. Phil Cave, 55,840. Getting a little better. And he's he's put a picture in. It looks like he's playing on a Steam Deck, so that's good. Okay. What news for him, I suppose? Mm. Retro Rex, 63,600. And he says, Checkman, played it, hated it. Checked it right off. Played it twice for 20 minutes or so each time and just did not gel with it. If I'm honest, my cab probably didn't help. I have an eight-way gate on it and it's clearly needed a four-way. Yes. And I have no idea to change it myself. Either way, the game was just not for me. Back to my October ritual. In honour of All Hallows' Eve, by playing Ghosts and Goblins and the real Ghostbusters on the corner of 64. Who are you going to call? Not Checkman. <laughs> Mr. Messi, 79.580. Before Ted Rogers gave him his big break on 3-2-1, Dusty Bin was a happy-go-lucky bomb-disposal expert <laughs> in, in a grid-like world. Despite his joyful expression, it was here he developed his famous hatred for Doc Martins. More frustrating than fun. Well, Mr. Messi, another good... Bit, we should have used his bump for the uh, improbable backstory. Yeah. Um, people outside of the UK probably don't know what 321 or Dusty Bin is. 321 mm. was a terrible, terrible game show in the 80s. And the the mascot in the game was a, a trash can, a dustbin called Dusty Bin. 
and the character you play on Checkman looks just like him. Mm. Google it. And it was a ridiculous game show. Read into it. It was insane. Uh, Zestora, 84,790. Iboga, 116,980. Sal Buglerissi, 118,110. And Sal says, I've added another fun game to my favourites list and I would never have tried, thanks to you. Wish I'd spent more time on this one. I'm definitely playing more of it. It's because it's janky. Janky and fun. Jping Barber, 118,690. Mr. Checkman, better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Oh, yeah. Uh, Adam Flint, uh, 124,980. Never played this game before. Would have turned my nose up here after one play in the arcade in 1982, but reckon it has now finally found its niche as a 10 pence arcade high score challenge. I kept having to have one more try. Uh, Cheeky Blighter and Dig Dug, which we found. Same person. Which we found out when he came and spoke to us at our... Uh, Are you sure it's not his shadow name? Replay Blackpool. Cheeky Blighter and Dig Dug is the same person, so I'm going to have to mesh their scores together. Okay. So cheeky, he is a Cheeky Blighter. Cheeky Blighter. 129, 920. Checkman is another one of those games I remember being tucked away at the back of a shop. The difficulty ramps up quite quickly after the, after a few levels. If those bother boots don't squish you, then you may up getting st- end up getting scran- stranded. Very good choice, Scorps. Let us say. It's good. I can't tell, say. It's not. It's just words. It's words. Sean, yes. that's you. Yeah. 132,280. I could have done a lot better. In Poor that. effort. I Poor. I know. I should have put a lot more time into this one. Bill Wellham, Stereo Deluxe. 134,010 points. In summary, I like it, but I don't like it. Uh, P. Gids, 137,810. Retro Russ. This is, this is Retro Russ who... P- played it what with Japanese ROMs. He's a bad man. Realize. He's a bad man. But he got a better score on the default ROMs. Great He's a good choice. man. He's a good man. Even more fun than bomb disposal to Dr. Martin's factory. 164,040. Dr. Dr. Goggles, 167,080. James Wise Mids, 172,070. Didn't manage to break the 200k in the end. Too repetitive. You've seen the game after three or, three or four minutes, but it's been fe- Fun checking it out, pun intended, and a game I wouldn't have otherwise looked twice at from a main list. Uh, Grey Bags, uh, 172,120. We're in the points now. Oof, he's, in the points. He's, he's Jimmy with two points, 175,230. Uh, I'm in the points as well, by the looks of it. Uh, I got 188,100. And all I can say to you, Sean, is... In your face. <laughs> Mark Watner Gravy, 198,330. Good to get back to some proper janky fun after all that unfortunate Gale Co. business. Slightly, slightly myth not to break 200k, but this score will do. I thought I was going to break 200k, but I just didn't manage it. Bugger. Pilbo, 201,900. Onto this month's game, and Victor has found a non janky gem. Once I'd got a hang of the control scheme, tried a joystick, then a gamepad, and eventually keyboard. I really enjoyed this game and the 80s home computer vibe I got from it. I could easily have imagined playing this on my old 800XL in my bedroom way back when, but don't remember playing anything like it before. Anyway, I've run out of time this month, so 201,900 will be as good as a score gets from me. Keep it the good work, fellas. Mr. 20 to 5. Ooh, good score. 5 points, 224,950. A great addictive game. That makes you think in so many dimensions. Loved it. More of this, please. No more Amiga crap. <laughs> yes. Old Man Steve, 
225,070. Lots of strategies to be used here. Taking a shortcut across the screen to nab a strategically placed mine. Trapping a boot before they start moving all at the beginning of each screen. This has been fun. Best of all, not an effing alligator in sight. And the great <laughs> pick from Victor. Mr. Berserker, seven points, 225,880. He sent me a lot of messages about how it's, how it's really, in, you know, influenced him and he's been really enjoying it. And I haven't put a single one of them in this description. Yeah. That's it's, bad, isn't it? It's terrible. Eastwood, 71. Clint, uh, 241,980. Good score. Rhaegar in second place with nine points, 286,610. Really enjoyed this one myself. Some interesting strategies are emerging with practice. You can ride blocks across the void and poach targets away from the boots. Shame there's no bonus when you get to par- the parachute cutscene. Yeah, there's a cutscene. Oh, 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 oh. I'll put this in the notes a bit later on, I think. So when you get to cut screen, about 30,000 points and about 80,000 points later on, there's four boots lined up. Your little man, little dusty bin, he jumps on one boot, it squishes it, and he goes to jump on the next one, and he falls through it, and he falls to the ground, and he, he claps into his hat, like in Lock and Chase. And then on the, the next cut screen, he jumps two boots, and then three, and then four. And I thought, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, you've got to press the button when he lands on it, so you can jump and do a bonus jump and get bonus points. It's just a silly little cut screen. And when you've done the yeah. four levels, the four, sorry, the four sets of cut screens when he jumps on the boot again and he goes through the second one a little a little um, parachute comes out of him and he lands on the floor safely but it means nothing you don't lose a life you don't get any bonus points it's just pointless it's just a really silly cut screen rubbish any road our winner our victor for the day not me Aid Skyway 73, 10 points towards the championship, and he got 290,690. Really enjoyed this month's game. It might not be the best looking, but it's very addictive. Not always able to get a decent score if you dealt some tricky layouts. Definitely has the one more go factor, which I found as well. I played quite a lot of this, unlike your bloody alligator rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> I played this quite a lot. I kept sneaking off to play it on one of the cabs downstairs, but you need... I have it on my Vartek Cadet, but the, the eight and four way gate on that is basically useless. You can still hit the corners with the, with the four way engaged. So I need to make a better gate for that machine. But the one downstairs has got a really good gate on it. I got that score on the one downstairs on my pony. Right, this is, this is what I've, Mr. Berserker had messaged me. Just wanted to say thanks for introducing Crackman to me. Crackman. I've, I've never played it before. It's addictive to hell. Composition, competition is fierce. It's games like this that make, make everyone smile. We are retro and long may it continue. Absolutely. Uh, and then he said, it's a real good game, gives your brain and reactions a real good workout. Thank you, Mr. Berserker. Neil there. Cause the thing with this game is it's, it's a single screen game, no scrolling. It's very simple. You've got the yellow tiles, the boot sprites, the skull and crossbones, which are the bombs, and the little ticking bit, and your little dusty bin man. That's all you've got on the screen, and the scores. That's it. I think you've got some little bits down the bottom, tell you what number level you're on or whatever, and the scores at the top. And, the, and for some weird reason, how long you've played the game for, that is yeah, it. I don't, what, I don't know why that is. That's a bit weird, isn't it? It's a bit mad, isn't it? But that is that is the whole game. And it's it's very simple, simple looking, simple sounding. It's got little silly tunes, which are, they're quite nice little tunes. It's just like they're very simple 80s, what you'd expect, like single, I don't know, is it single layer tunes? And there's not many layers to it, is there? There's not many layers mm-hmm. of instruments on it. Very simple, 
basically it's an 8-bit computer game in the arcade isn't it so what you imagine yeah. that, you know on, the, on your spectrum or your Commodore 64 at home so, so what look, do you think could be improved of this game Sean I'm just looking at the high score table just before we move on mm. oh so who's at the top of it at the moment possibly two more games to play this year one at the end of November one towards the end of December might bring that forward a bit okay so Mr Rygar always at the top eight, 81 points so mm. there's no one be well aid He's 70 points. He's perhaps the only person that can catch him up. Yeah, and Mr. then Mr. 25 is quite behind that, isn't he? Mr. 25, Sal Bogomon, 31. Yes, I'm nowhere only, to be seen because I don't care. Only Al uh, <laughs> Aid who can catch up with Rygar. Wow. If he wins this, it'll be the third year. It is a two-horse race, and Mr. Ed Horse isn't even in it. He is officially the new Charlie Farr. Mm-hmm. Rygar! He doesn't get quite as mad scores as Charlie Farr, but still a very good player. Mm. Go on then, tell me about changes and improvements you make to it, son. Yeah, the time taken thing, what you've already said, it is a bit redundant. You, you, you know, yeah, it's you, nonsense, isn't it? The longer you play is. the game, the more points you get there, because every time you walk on a square, you get 10 points. Mm. But yeah, you have to hurry up, because obviously that you've got your bombs are counting down. As they go, as you get further through the game, they count down a lot quicker, so your games get quicker. And it's always, what is it, like six bombs you've got to get rid of per level? Five. Five. So Five. it doesn't really change, it just gets quicker. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit r- rubbish, that, isn't it? Yeah. I think if you, you should get a bonus maybe for doing the game quicker. You know, for getting, you know, in so many seconds, get like ten times ten for every second you've saved or something. Yeah, yeah, I put, I've... I've just put some of something. There's a few, well, two YouTube videos I saw where the people obviously didn't know you could scroll. Oh, right. With the two buttons. Yeah. Yeah. They scroll the play field. So, right, like, so they're getting put, stuck and thinking that was the game over. Yeah. I've put make that more obvious, but it, it doesn't need to because it's in the attract mode. So I've deleted that bit. Yeah. And it's, uh, on the cab, it would have scroll left and scroll right, wouldn't it? I would think so. Not unless they've done But we didn't find play. an official cabinet. I think Zillic Zenitone did PCB only and maybe a flyer. That's all I've ever seen on the, on the internet for. I've not seen a proper actual checkman cabinet. It was probably a kit for a Galaxian machine. Also, I'll tell you what would, would work well on this is, um, putting in a Pac-Man cabinet because your scroll left and scroll right. It's also your one player start and your two player start buttons. So you could play it on a Pac-Man cab. I bet you that's why they did it like that. Yeah, that's that's it. When you start a game, you press start, mm-hmm. the title screen comes up. Checkman title screen, where after you've pressed start, and that always threw me. Well, I thought, right. what's, what's going on? Because you press start, then the checkman title screen comes up, then and you then play. you play. That is also, weird. when you put your name in at the end, if you get your name in at the end, you use left and right to scroll through the letters, and you press up to enter the letter. But if you press either scroll left or scroll right, it starts the game again because it's the same buttons for player one and player two start. Mm. Mm. Weird. At the weird interval bit, I just don't understand that. It's pointless. I suppose yeah. it, gives you, it gives you a 10-second break from the game if you're you know playing it mad. But yeah, it's maybe you should have different enemies is what you've put. That's a good idea. Because yeah. just you- the boots really didn't do much, did they? And the white ones obviously jumped across space, which I, I hardly saw any white boots. I think I might have seen one once. Yeah, I think they move in, in the space that you've made. They move but between space and time. 
There are boots, white boots. Mm. Yeah. How about an end of level bonus for how many squares you have left on the yeah, board? Times ten for each. Oh, no, no. Times ten for each one you've stepped on, maybe, or not stepped on. You decide. Yeah, that'd be good. Mm-hmm. So annoy or enjoy? I've put enjoy. This is definitely one of those hidden gems, and I, I haven't played it enough. But I will carry on playing it. Enjoy. I enjoyed this one. Um, it, I, I always get confused between this and ZZZYYXXY. You know that game with the weird letters? Because yes. that's got squares on it as well. And that is quite a good little game as well, you know. Ooh. Uh, but I always got mixed up with that because that's a single screen with lots of squares on it. But this is this is a good game. I really like this one. I like the fact that you can slow down, use strategies. It gets hectic later on. It's easy to pick up and play. You can do some quite fun things with the scrolling around. I really liked it. It's a good game. Good game, good game. The last word. The last word is when we try and pick a pick a game that is something similar that we would play instead or play as well as. And I can't there's nothing like it. Is there? there isn't. There isn't. The only one I can think of is that one I just said, Z Z Y Y X X Y. And that isn't the same game. It's it's completely different. But What's this Ixian game you've come across? Yeah, it's it looks quite good. You you are in a maze and you're creating. Is it an arcade yeah. game? Yeah. Okay. Sega, nineteen eighty three. Wow. It, by the look of it, you are creating space in the maze. Or yes. Stopping it, stopping the other guys creating space. I don't know. I put a YouTube video on. We will have a look. I'll put it in the notes. Most similar thing I can see, but yeah, there's nothing else like it. No. They good. They good. They I I like it. I think it was really yeah. good. It's really yeah, simple be- graphics, really simple tunes, simple gameplay. It's a winner. Next show's game. Right then, Sean. Okay. You, you, okay. You're under a lot of pressure now, by the way. I, 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 if you pick absolutely. any crap games for the next eight, I'm never going fi- to forgive you. <laughs> and I will blame everything upon your games. I was tasked with picking a, a non-shooter Yes, from, classic eighties, eighties, with as little bullets as possible. And I'll give everyone a spoiler: he's done us a good one. Yes, tell I, the listeners what you've chosen, Sean. I have picked Lock and Chase from Ooh, Data yeah. East, nineteen eighty-one. Forty-two years ago, is that? Wow, oh, yeah, millions of years is, ago, maybe. Yeah, the ROM is LNC Lima November Charlie. Yes, that's it. Mm-hmm. LNC, that's LNC. the ROM. Lives, three, default. Game speed, slow, default. Bonus life, 15,000, default. So it sounds like you only get one bonus life. That is that is hard work, getting an extra life in 15,000. That is just a low-scoring game. That is, is, that is hard work, getting that. I've had a few goes of it. I, didn't, I think didn't my high scores are not much more than that. I've, I've played this before. I like this game a lot. And there's a really good version on the Intellivision. There weren't many good games on television. This is a good version on the television. I know I'd seen it somewhere else. Yes. So submit your score on empty fag packets, please, if you still smoke. If you don't smoke, start smoking, kids. It's good for your lungs. Don't take any notice of what I've just said. I'm glad you uh, just amended that. Uh, (laughs) No scores from console or computer compilations, as usual. They may be different. Uh, Twitter is, is hashtag Tempe score psychic app in the 10 pence club section. You can email the site, which is vertvic at 10 pence uk. You can enter a comment, uh, on the podcast post on Facebook, uh, UK VAC, 
And the deadline for score submissions is Monday the 26th of November, 5pm UK time, please. Uh, this is a good little game. Um, good old game I remember playing back in the day. Uh, it's quite difficult, but stick at it. Make sure you have a four-way, people. Yes. Any passing uh, shots, Sean, before we go? Yes, it should be the 27th, Monday the 27th of November. Oh, 27th of November, sorry. Being calendars, you know, they're, they're not great, are they, calendars? Yeah, you, it's, they're just for draining pasta, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You've done too many podcasts with me, mate, now. I think yes. so. It's time, One, Sean, two, it's time. Three, anyway, two, I've got nothing else to say. I'm out of here. Thank you for spending the time with me, Sean, and playing a good game. And hopefully next month we'll play a good one as well. Thank you for listening, kids. Hope to catch you next time. Love you. Bye. Bye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you. For game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered.